All right, welcome back to another episode of the Become a Calm Mama podcast. I'm Darlin, I'm your coach, and today I am going to talk about the process of becoming calm. Um, because one of the things that I see moms struggle with is feeling bad about their progress in becoming calm. And, you know, they really want to show up with their kids, like calm and compassionate and kind and respectful and all of that, right? But then they get frustrated with the how long it's taking. So they have this like mad mom episode and then they act, you know, in a way that they don't think they should. And then a lot of like criticism and guilt and doubt pours in. And they start thinking thoughts like, I should know better already. This is taking so long. I'm so slow. Something's wrong with me. And getting stuck in their own head and kind of almost, um, you know, making their progress even more challenging. So that is, those thoughts come up because a lot of times moms don't really understand that becoming calm, it's actually a process. It's a practice. And it really is a practice in emotional management and stress management. And it's something that you work on over time. And like some days it can be really easy because for whatever reason, you're in a good mindset, you know, you're, you well, you're well rested, you have eaten well, you're looking forward to something and you kind of can like go with the flow a little bit better. And then some days it's not easy, right? All of that is okay. It's okay if some days you nail being calm and other days you don't. So I want to kind of normalize the process for you. I wanted to give you just a really good understanding of what it actually looks like when you're changing your brain and showing up differently as a parent. And I have watched this in myself and then of course with my clients in Calm Mama Club and in my programs and really noticing the process that almost every individual goes through. Now, how long it takes or how intense it is kind of depends on a few factors. I think one is just a little bit of like personality, but really a lot of it is ha- has to do with how much current stress you have in your life and then also how much um, stress you've experienced in your life, like how much trauma you're recovering from. And so I wanted to help you understand sort of the process so that you can give yourself a little more love and grace and kindness when you mess up, right? When you don't show up the way that you want to show up. Because um, I don't, I always want you to like have the ideas that I teach in this podcast. I want you to know, you know, like, really great tools and really great strategies, but I never want you to walk away and think I'm not measuring up, I'm not good enough, I'm screwing it up, I'm not doing it right and getting discouraged and, you know, kind of giving up on yourself. So I don't want that and I wanted to help you see kind of like, oh, I still get mad, I still yell, I still lose my crap with my kids and why is that? You know, I want to help you understand why. So the biggest thing I want you to take away from um, the understanding the process of becoming calm, the most important piece of becoming calm is awareness. Now, I'm going to teach you kind of how to build that awareness, but essentially just noticing that you are in your stress response 
is enough. So the process of becoming calm is all about when you notice, when you become aware that you are in a stress response, when your stress response is activated. So calm is really that ability to calm your stress response, to use new tools and new strategies so that you don't, um, you know, take it out on your kids, right? Don't take all your emotions and just dump them on them. That's what we're working on here. So before we get too far into kind of the process, I just want to very quickly take you through your stress response and give you a really quick recap of how it works. So of course, stress response is created in the brain and then we use our body to cope with that stress response, right? With the stress juice that's built up. So your brain, right? Its primary job is to keep you safe. And all day long, even during sleep, your brain assesses the environment and it interprets the events and experiences and decides, are they safe or unsafe? Are we okay? Are we not okay? What's going on? Is everything okay? And it's kind of scanning for hazards sort of constantly. If you have had a lot of hazards in your life, your brain is going to be hypervigilant. It is going to scan for hazards and it's going to be a little bit more aware and alert and it might trigger your your stress response more frequently. So when your brain looks out the, you know, at the environment and it decides that for whatever reason the environment is unsafe, it sounds an alarm and it floods your brain with chemicals that activate that fight, flight, stress response fight, flight, freeze, stress response. That, I think of that as stress juice, okay? All of those chemicals are just stress juice. So you are, you all know this, right? But I want you to think about the the brain, right? So you, your brain has these three parts and this lower part is known as the reptilian brain. And it's in charge of all the things that your body does automatically that keep you alive, like breathing, digestion, regulating your body temperature, your heart rate. That's that lower reptilian brain. The center part of your brain is known as the limbic center, and it's the part of the brain that controls how you feel about things. I always say with little kids that they live in the limbic center of their brain, and they're like, if it feels good, do it. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. It's kind of how they make decisions. Because they're not in the third part of their brain, the top section, the prefrontal cortex, and that controls how you think about things. So we have the center part of our brain that's like how we feel about things. And then that executive function is how we think about things. And that top part of the brain is the brain that understands cause and effect and can think of the future and can plan for the future and think about how other people feel and all of that. So your amygdala, what its job is, it's like the interpreter, right? And it's in the center of the brain and it stands guard like a soldier in a watchtower. And it's, you know, looking out and trying to decide if things are safe or not. And whenever it thinks that something's not safe, it sounds the alarm and it sends a message to the hypothalamus and it triggers the pituitary gland to flood the brain with all that stress juice, all those chemicals, adrenaline, cortisol, epinephrine, all those. So... These chemicals, they are intentionally there to shut off access to thinking because thinking takes too much time and the brain really wants you to respond fast. So when people say like, oh my God, I lost my mind, like that's literally what's happening. Like they don't have access to the part of their brain that is the thinking part. So what does this look like in practice when you're a parent? 
right? It looks like this. Your child is a bit off track. They're doing some shenanigans and you get upset and all of a sudden your reaction is like in a disproportionate intensity to what the behavior is. Like your kid is like, you know, can I have the blue cup? And I always use that example, but you know, they're like, can I have the blue cup? And you're like, stop asking me for the blue cup. Like it's just super intense, right? And you're yelling and you're threatening and you're lecturing and all of that, right? Or you get super strict and super controlling or you start being really frustrated with your kid. You start saying mean things. You're kind of on like a little mean rant. Or you just completely, some people go into flight or freeze and they emotionally check out and they just can't, you know, even respond. So all of those moments, right, that is, those are those moments that show you that you're in your stress, your stress cycle. I almost called it stress recycle, <laughs> which sometimes that's what it feels like. <laughs> okay, so you're in your stress cycle and you're feeling overwhelmed. And that's, you know, there's stress juice pouring out and all of that. Now, of course, the bummer about the brain is that the stress response sometimes gets activated unnecessarily, right? Your amygdala, it's like, it still thinks we're kind of surviving on an open savanna and that like, you know, starvation is a real problem or we're constantly being threatened by wild animals or something like that. And so it's kind of a hyper vigilant, hyper alert part of our brain that, oftentimes gets it wrong, right? It triggers our stress juice. It triggers our stress response and in times when we're actually quite safe. But our brain doesn't believe this. So the whole idea with becoming calm is about interrupting your stress response when you aren't actually in danger. You want to interrupt that automatic knee-jerk response and give yourself pause, right? space between the thing and your reaction to the thing. Now, I am not talking about trying to, you know, not react to actually stressful things that happen in the environment, like a car accident or, you know, a robbery or something. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to deal with this. Absolutely, right? Where, and you can't interrupt those kinds of processes anyways. It's actually really hard to interrupt the brain. And that is why becoming calm is difficult because you're trying to change biology and that's hard. And so I really want you to see that the thing that you're trying to do with this, you know, this podcast and like listening to me and, you know, being in my groups and programs and things like that is becoming calm which really means interrupting your stress response and actually retraining your brain so it doesn't activate the stress response in the first place. So the way we do this, what I call that, is catching yourself and pausing. So this idea of catching yourself, that's that idea of awareness. So I want you to build up your awareness and then be able to pause. Now, the tool that I teach is called the pause break. And I've talked about it a lot on this podcast already, so I'm not going to go all into it. But essentially, a pause break is when you stop, delay your reaction, and reset your body, mind, and heart. So you actively do something, intentionally do something to move that stress juice through. Move it through your body, reset the way you're thinking, or process the negative emotion that has come up. Now, learning to pause, it is a process. It does take time. 
So what's the process, right? What am I talking about? When you first start becoming calm and going on to like a a self-healing journey or the calm mama journey, the first in the beginning, you catch yourself after you've yelled or gotten upset. Now, what moms oftentimes do is they get really like beat themselves up afterwards. And I want to offer to you that you can actually celebrate the fact that you realize, oh, (laughs) I was just really, really upset. So in the beginning, that's actually what you're doing is you're catching yourself like at the end, but you're still catching yourself. Then slowly, you start catching yourself in the middle while you are yelling, while you are upset, while you are doing the thing you don't want to be doing anymore as a mom. You catch yourself and you stop and you delay and you reset. And I always say like even if it's mid-sentence, right? Whenever you become aware, then that means that you are in the process of becoming calm. Now, the cool part, believe it or not, is that eventually, most of the time, you can catch yourself before you yell or act out your frustration or your overwhelm. And what that means is really doing a lot of work, retraining your brain to think and feel differently about behavior or your kids or, you know, the circumstances of your life. So training your mind to think differently so that it doesn't activate your stress response in the first place. So in the beginning of becoming calm, you may not notice that you were in your stress response until after the moment has passed. It's like your brain comes back online and you're like, holy crap, I really lost my shit there. (laughs) That's okay. I want you to see that as being good and awareness. And then with practice, you learn to catch yourself earlier and earlier. So... If you, once you catch yourself, right, what do you do? I want you just to start looking at like, okay, what was going on there? What was the circumstance that was happening that triggered my stress response? Because you're actually kind of looking for patterns here. So you want to notice like what was going on. Find all the sad, mad, scared messages that your brain sent to you that created the sad, mad, scared feelings. Because thoughts create feelings and feelings drive actions. And so you're kind of reflecting back at like, okay, there was this thing happening. What was I thinking about it? And how was I feeling about it? And then how did I show up? And then looking at that situation and figuring out, okay, hmm, so this thing was happening. When could I have paused? So you're kind of like, "Mm, I don't know if it's a, like a police officer or what, but you're looking back and you're like, okay, let's assess and figure out what happened here. And then in this process, I really want you to be gentle with yourself because, and be neutral. And what you're doing is you're just building awareness and building this ability to reflect on yourself. This piece that I'm talking about right now, this is what we do a lot in my Calm Mama community. In the community that I lead, I spend a lot of time with moms going back to a moment that didn't go well and we go back and figure out what was their brain telling them, why were they so reactive, how did they respond, 
How could they have thought differently, showed up differently, felt differently? We like fine tune the process. The cool thing, parenthetically, is we also do this for your kids. (laughs) I teach you how to go back to a moment We process your thoughts and feelings about it, but we also go back and we're like, okay, what was going on for the kid? Why didn't they want to eat dinner? Why did they say that weird thing to the babysitter? Why did they, you know, whatever it is, we're actually spending time reflecting and looking at what was going on for the kid. It's pretty cool. Um, But for today, we're talking about moms, right? And so what you're working on, you know, with this awareness and reflection is looking back and saying, um, you know, okay, how can I think differently, feel differently, act differently? You practice learning how to not think of those things, those behaviors, those circumstances as a problem so you don't get stuck in that stress spiral in the first place. So that's a lot of the work is like you kind of need to blow up a bunch of times in the process with this idea of let's reflect and see where we need to fine tune for you. You can do this on your own if, you know, you're not in my programs. You can, you know, um, go, just go back and reflect and be like, okay, what was the circumstance? What was I thinking about it? What did I make that mean? Why did I think it was a problem? How was I feeling about it? And now looking back and going, when could I have interrupted my stress response? Now, of course, sometimes you're going to catch yourself in the middle, right? There's going to be a clue that you need a, pro- a pause break, like, Yelling, saying mean things, making threats, you know, rescuing your kids, like problem solving for them, bribing, you know, being too rough with their body or just giving in, like whatever, fine. Um, Like feeling extremely checked out and tired, shutting down. Any of that is just a clue to you that you're in the middle of a stress spiral, right? You're in the middle of that mad mom syndrome and you can catch yourself. So I always say like catch yourself and pause. That's the pause break. Stop mid-sentence if you have to and use one of the reset strategies that I teach in episodes 8, 9, and 10. There is so much gold in those episodes. I really walk you through exactly what to do during a pause break to reset your body, reset your heart, like your feelings, and reset your mind, which is your thoughts. So if you're struggling with kind of that process of once you pause, like knowing what to do to get your nervous system back online and kind of like calm yourself, go back and listen to those episodes because they're that good. I want you to even go now. Just stop this one and go to that one. So if you are able to catch yourself and pause and reset right in the moment, I really want you to celebrate that. I don't see moms celebrating themselves. They oftentimes go back and are like, oh, I still kind of yelled at him and, you know, I grabbed her toy too roughly and I tossed it. And you kind of reflect back on like all the things you did, quote unquote, wrong instead of going, but you know what's cool is that I stopped. I caught myself. I reset myself and I came back. And sometimes you guys, you come back and you're still like quite angry or upset and you have to pause again and that's fine, okay? So the good news is that getting to calm, it gets easier and faster. So over time, this is the best thing, over time you're going to start to notice the physical cues of your stress response before it even gets triggered or you'll notice your thoughts are starting to spiral into negative spaces And you can pause and reset even before you act. 
So you'll do a reset strategy, but it won't, it won't be as obvious. I actually am going to tell this story really quick because I'm remembering this client I had a long time ago. She was a spanker. She spanked her kids. She really didn't want to hit them anymore. And um, I was teaching her how to pause and reset, right? How to do the pause break. This was like 10 years ago, you guys. And um, she said, yeah, so what I do is I grab a spoon and I go like a wooden spoon and I go and I start smacking them. And I know some of you are like, (gasps) but like, I also want to normalize like this is stuff that happens in families. Like, and if, if you've done this, like just know you're not alone. It's, but we're working on it, right? It's not, it's not something we want to continue, right? That's why you go get a coach because you don't want to show up that way. So she was like, what do I do? And I said, okay, I want you to just take that spoon. You want to hit with it. Just hit the table or the countertop instead. So she would grab the spoon and she would just like bang it on the, you know, on the tabletop or the counter. A lot of times it was in the kitchen. And um, she's like, yeah, it's going good. You know, I haven't, um, you know, I haven't hit my kids with it, you know, but they're still, you know, they're still afraid whenever I get the spoon out. And I was like, okay, like, okay, so let's just not to get the spoon out anymore. Now I just want you to clap your hands. Like when you feel that urge to hit them, just go, you know, and she goes, she does it, you know, she comes back the next week and she's like, okay, you know, the thing is though, my kids are still like really, really scared. And I was like, yes, but less, less scared because they're not now feeling worried about getting their body hit right and the parent was also making repair and going back and learning how to do the connection tool and things like that but what I want you to take away from this story is that it was a process she had to take the one thing that she wanted to do and hit her kid with it instead she just used that thing and hit the table and got those big feelings out through her body Then she was able to drop the spoon and then use it with her hands. And then eventually she was able just to go, right? And not use her hands at all. And so that's the process. We're just trying to move further and further away from that reactivity and becoming less and less reactive and celebrating the less reactivity as we go along. So of course, like, Wherever you are, I really want you to celebrate it. And if you are able to catch yourself and coach yourself to calm, like you're doing amazing. And really just like be like, yeah. Or if you can see yourself in the stories that I'm sharing and seeing like, oh yeah, I used to like really lose my shit, you know, like, okay, great. Celebrate that. And then go help another mama, honestly, because we, we, I'm so tired of moms feeling like crap. It's normal. It's normal to get upset. It's normal not to do know what to do with our big feelings. So the process of becoming calm is really this process of using, of, you know, learning how to reset ourselves when we get upset and train ourselves to not get upset in the first place as much as we can. There's no perfect here. So there's no perfect at all. So... When you first start this process of becoming calm, you might not be able to pause at all. Like, honestly, it might only be like a short second or two. And then you're like, (gasps) and then you go right back in and you find yourself just, you know, still kind of like yelling at your kids or being physical or whatever it is. And I just want you to know, like, that's okay. One second, two seconds. That's a little tiny bit of pausing 
that you are teaching your brain, okay, it's okay to do this. It's okay to pause, delay, and reset, even if it's just for a second, even if it's for two seconds, even if, if you still write, go back in that same place, just catching yourself as often as you can. Because the good news is that eventually your stress response won't be activated by misbehavior. It won't be activated by running late. It won't be rea- you know, activated by your kids' big feelings or other people's opinions. You're going to have this true, deep, lasting calm inside of you. And it's possible and you just keep pausing in order to get there. So some of the obstacles that I see as a life and parent coach to calming ourselves is one, self-doubt, just not believing you can. Uh, Kids not leaving you alone long enough to pause. Um, I'll have to do a podcast episode on how to teach your kids to let you pause. Sometimes it's really hard to pause because your kids' big feelings overwhelm you. You kind of feel swallowed by the intensity of their emotion. Um, Sometimes you feel like it's hard to pause because you're the partner, your partner's actions, they feel like they're going to undermine your, undermine your progress. You kind of feel more intense about like, I got to stay engaged and not, you know, you kind of stay kind of in it longer because you don't trust your partner. Um, worrying about time, worrying about other people's thoughts and feelings, people pleasing, getting trapped in negative thought spirals and not getting, not knowing how to get out of those. These are some of the things that come up for people, but these obstacles, they aren't, they don't make, make it impossible for you to become calm. Like there's always a way to overcome these obstacles. So I'm going to give you a couple of like strategies to overcome those, these obstacles. They're kind of generic strategies, but I think that they'll be really help, helpful for you. So the first one is just recommitting to your goal, like writing it out every day. I'm becoming a calm mama. Or I'm willing to take excellent care of myself. And just deciding every day that you are doing it, committing. And then prioritizing that goal of calm. Choosing being calm over everything else. For a really long time, I had this mantra. I made it up before I knew what mantras were. But I had this sentence that I would say, I'm choosing peace and harmony over stress and perfection. And I would recite that to myself every day, multiple times a day. And I would choose peace and harmony over stress and perfection around being on time, screen time rules, school, pleasing other, perfe- uh, pleasing other people, having a perfectly clean house, responding to text me- messages, gourmet meals, like any, I just drop my standards a ton in order to emotionally manage myself. And the cool part is that when you're calm, all these other things actually get easier to get done. So calm first, prioritizing being calm. I'm choosing being calm over stress and perfection. Another thing to do is just let your kids know that you're working on it and apologizing when you aren't calm. Just be like, you know what, kids? I lost my temper. I was in my stress cycle. I was in my big feeling cycle and I'm sorry and I'm working on it and I love you guys and I'm getting better. The other thing I want you to do is start preventing that stress buildup by moving your body most days. I don't mean like get all fit. I don't care about fitness. I just really want you to take 20 minutes, dance around the kitchen, jump up and down, um, go for a walk. Like moving the stress juice through your body is huge. And if you miss a week, you don't do it, whatever, just fine. Who cares? Just start again. Okay. Um, 
a really great strategy to, you know, build up your ability to calm yourself is by doing some form of journaling or thought work every day. And this clears out some of that emotional buildup. Like we have our stress juice buildup that has to come through our body. And then we have our thoughts and feelings, stress juice, that has to come out, you know, through words. So journaling or um, thought work, I have like sometimes I think about journaling is sometimes not journaling and it's just like sitting quiet in the sun or laying down on the ground and like connecting to parts of my body. So that's a form of thought work, right? Connecting with my body. Getting support, huge. Letting your partner, your family, your friends, just telling them about your goal and asking them for encouragement and help and saying, hey, guess what? I'm you know, listening to this podcast and, you know, I'm going to join this Calm Mama school program, Calm Mama club. I'm going to be all in on this Calm Mama thing and I'd love your support and help. And then invest in your journey. Like prioritize doing these things. Prioritize joining Calm Mama club and getting coached by me. Come going, you know, getting help from around the house if you need it or finding a babysitter or joining a gym or asking for a massage Whatever kind of where you're at in your life that you know like what you need, you matter and your happiness is worth investing in. So you can prioritize your well-being by investing in things that help you on your journey to become become calm. (laughs) So I would love for you to come and coach with me in my program, Calm Mama Club. Um, It's it's an amazing online community where – You have an online course that's all about becoming calm with a full workbook. Um, I have coaching twice a week. We have a private Facebook group where you get to like, you know, ask questions. There's also a private um, communication portal. Portal feels like, you know, we're in, I don't know, like Star Trek or something, but that's what they call it. And so it's basically your website where you get to like have private conversations with me and with the rest of the moms in the group. And the moms in there are lovely and we're just all so committed to becoming calm, loving our kids more deeply and strengthening our relationships with ourselves and our children. So you're always invited to that. And um, yeah, in the meantime, well, go sign up. But if you um, are already in there or you're thinking about it, just deciding that you can be gentle with yourself in this process of becoming calm. All right, mamas, I will see you guys all next week.